Hello, my name's Joel Dunning. Welcome to this edition of the CTS Net Beat podcast. Uh, this is the podcast that gives you all the news uh, so that uh, you keep up to date with everything in cardiothoracic surgery. We've got a packed edition today. We've got um, uh, interesting news about TAVI five-year survivals. We've got some gender disparities. We've got strikes in the United Kingdom. And we've got an amazing series put together by Greedal all about the tricuspid valve. So stay tuned as we get moving into the CTS NetBeat podcast. Welcome to this week's edition of the CTS NetBeat podcast. My name is Joel Dunning uh, and the point of this podcast is to keep you up to date with all the news in cardiothoracic surgery. I don't know about you but uh, 20 years ago I used to get journals through the post, I'd get piles of journals in the corner, I'd have a bit of a flick through and see the odd uh, article that interested me. I just don't have time for that anymore. Uh, equally everything's gone online so the whole point of this podcast is so that we're going to select uh, all the interesting articles and news for you uh, and present them here in an easy uh, podcast. Also we need your help so if you see a really interesting article, maybe you've written an interesting article, please do send it to me Joel Dunning at CTSnet. So let's get started with this week's edition. So the first thing we've uh, profiled uh, is an interesting uh, news story in the United Kingdom. Junior doctors in England to strike for four days in April. So we've selected an article from The Guardian in the United Kingdom. And uh, we thought this might be interesting for you guys over across the pond in America uh, because junior doctors are striking in the United Kingdom. They are having a whole week of not working. As you know, the National Health Service in the United Kingdom uh, covers the whole of the UK. Uh, we all work for one employer and every single junior doctor from the first year houseman to to a week off being a consultant are walking out. Now this has huge implications for our whole service nationally. Um, especially in the medical high volume specialties, consultants are having to get down on the floor, get to the wards and look after our high numbers of patients in hospitals. So outpatients are being cancelled, uh, clinics are being cancelled uh, and in quite a lot of cases operations are being cancelled for the whole week. This comes at a really bad time because we've got a big backlog from Covid uh, and is highly controversial but uh, but the British Medical Association says that pay has gone down uh, in real terms by 26% uh, in 12 years and they're seeking redress. They want uh, a 35% pay rise for all junior doctors in the UK. Now, obviously, that's a starting point. Uh, they won't get that. But, you know, maybe they will get a decent pay rise because things have been slipping. Tell me what you think. Uh, what's it like in your country? We certainly know in, in America that in real terms, pay has gone down very significantly. What's it like for junior doctors? Uh, and do you support uh, strike action? Can you even strike? Is it even possible in your country? So it's a really interesting article, I thought. So check it out on our website. The second piece of news that uh, we have selected for you is a really interesting article by Stephen Yakubov. Uh, he's an interventional cardiologist at Midwest uh, Cardiology Research Foundation in Ohio. And the title of it is Bias 
bioprosthetic valve dysfunction is less common in TAVI uh, than surgery at five years. So they have published this article, which was published in JAMA uh, just this week. And, uh, and it basically says that uh, over five years, uh, the TAVI valves had a failure rate of 7.8%, but uh, the bioprosthetic surgical valves had a failure rate of 14%. Um, they also found that if you got a severe patient prosthesis mismatch in your surgical group, the differences were even bigger. They don't tend to get much mismatch in the TAVI groups, uh, but they do in the surgical group. So if you've got a severely mismatched group, then the difference is a 20% failure rate in the surgical group and only 8.6% in the TAVI group. Uh, whereas that goes down to only 12% if you don't get prosthesis mismatch. So it was an interesting article, yeah, for the first time it's trying to suggest that TAVI is actually better than a bioprosthetic valve. Now if we look a bit more carefully into this, they, they try and persuade us that uh, this is all data from RCTs. They put together uh, a series of RCTs uh, and these are all core valves. So core valve uh, pivotal study which was 600 patients, SIRTAVI which was 1500 patients, but then they've uh, added uh, 2000 patients from the uh, non-randomized group of their continued access registry. Um, I want to see a little bit more about these groups. Maybe in the registry data, the patients are going to be older and frailer, uh, and we certainly know slightly younger patients do wear out their valves more easily. Uh, and, and I think the numbers from the randomized trials might be swamped by this access registry. But it is really interesting. Um, and uh, so this is certainly the first article I've seen that, that's actually trying to suggest that it's better to have a TAVI than a, a surgical valve. But what do you think? Um, should we stick to randomized trials on this and and hopefully uh, we are getting longer data for these patients. So, so we will see more uh, articles like this going forwards. But well done to those uh, to that uh, group. Uh, well done for presenting it. And check it out uh, on our website, uh, this article by Stephen Yakubov. Um, then the third article we have selected for you uh, was what we thought was quite interesting. Um, it says uh, that uh, it's a Canadian newspaper, the Globe and Mail, uh, from Canada, saying in the operating room and the hospital boardroom, women surgeons are not treated equally. 2022, uh, and uh, and this article actually says that uh, that the main author uh, has been reading articles for 30 years. Dr. Uh, Fahima Dosa, uh, she read 30 years ago that people said there was disparities in. Yet there's no difference, especially in cardiothoracic surgery. So it does document in Canada uh, that um, that women still only make up 33% of the surgical population. I was very interested to read actually that uh, in medical schools in Canada, that now uh, there are more women than men at medical school, 58%. Uh, but, uh, but this is not being reflected in the higher echelons. And I think really in cardiothoracic surgery, we are one of the worst performing at male ver versus female parity. Uh, and in Canada, there's only 9% of cardiac surgeons uh, are, are female. Email. Uh, and that really is a shame. Um, Dr. Dosa goes on to say that, uh, that she has personal experience of female trainees interested in surgery, having been asked, do you want a family? How are you going to balance that? Things that really stick in their mind, make them have doubt. And that really just isn't right. Um, she does actually highlight some other shocking cases. Uh, and in Alberta, our very own Teresa Kieser, a wonderful surgeon, lots of interesting in total arterial grafting. She actually had to file 
Cal, a human rights complaint, uh, having endured three decades of discrimination at Calgary. And, and Dr. Irene Kaibulski um, actually won a Gender Discrimination Act against the Hamilton Hospital after losing her position as head of cardiac surgery, where she successfully argued that discrimination led to her being ousted. So it is sad uh, that we still have this in our specialty, but the really positive thing uh, in our specialty is that we have a fabulous group, the Women in Thoracic Surgery group uh, from the SDS. We really have to support that group. And we have absolute superstars in our specialty that I hope the next generation of medical students, of which women outnumber men, will be looking to amazing people like Shanda Blackman, amazing people like uh, the editor-in-chief of the annals, uh, Joe Chikwi, Marshall, who's doing the first single port uh, robotic thymectomies uh, up uh, in Brigham and Women's uh, and Mara Antonoff. We have these amazing leaders who are females in our specialty. And I hope uh, that uh, in the next years, next decade or two decades, we will look back uh, as a very historical phenomenon that we only have 10% of women in cardiothoracic surgery. So that's some of our journal and news scan items. Uh, let's just go over to CTSnet to hear a bit more about things you can find on our website. Are you on the lookout for a new job in cardiothoracic surgery? Hundreds of open positions are waiting for you at CTSnet's Career Center. Through ctsnet.org, you can browse jobs and sign up for custom job alerts direct to your inbox. For an even more enhanced experience, create a free account and upload your resume so employers and recruiters can find you. Happy job hunting! Now, back to the beat. Welcome back. Um, we picked three things of CTSNet content that you absolutely have to check out and the absolute stellar best piece of content we've got on CTSNet uh, this week uh, is the guest editor series by the fabulous Greedal uh, from the Ricks Hospital in Norway. Uh, we were just talking about uh, women in cardiac surgery and Gree is an absolute stellar superstar. Uh, she's a cardiac surgeon, she's a transplant surgeon, uh, she's absolutely brilliant. And also, uh, Norway is just the most fabulous place uh, for parity. I actually went there um, three years ago to, to visit their brilliant national conference. Uh, and I, I met uh, a trainee cardiac surgeon and uh, she took three months off for maternity leave. And then her husband was taking three months off for paternity leave. They had complete parity. Uh, so I think we do need to look uh, to Europe and especially the Scandinavian countries for gender parity. Uh, but Anyway, Greedal has done an amazing job of putting together a load of Tavi uh, amazing content for us. Uh, so in this content, uh, she has got some phenomenal videos and we put together uh, seven uh, for you. So. Uh, first of all, Gilbert Tang uh, takes you through uh, TAVI, its evolution. It's incredible to think that it's been 21 years since the very first TAVI. So he tell, talks you all the way through the evolution. Uh, the next uh, article that she chose was a brilliant uh, video demonstration of a transcaval transcatheter aortic valve replacements. Now, I will put my hand up and be honest that I didn't know this was as possible uh, as this video demonstrates, but uh, put 
putting the TAVI valve through uh, the inferior vena cava, through the femoral vein, crossing transeptally and then going antegrade up into the valve. Makes a lot of sense. Also probably safer. You know, we do have a lot of people with bad uh, femoral arterial disease. So this really makes a lot of sense. Um, I had the question of uh, what do you do about that giant hole in the septum? Uh, but this video describes beautifully how you basically just occlude it with a little Amplatzer device as you come back out. So really interesting video. The third one is on transcaftal mitral valve replacement. Uh, all about valve in valves, valve in ring, valve in Mac as well. So obviously the, the nadir, the big weakness of a TAVI on the mitral uh, is how do you hold that, hold that valve in. But if you've got a ring, if you've got severe calcification, that makes this a lot easier. And Kendra Grubb takes us through all these issues. Uh, the next Valve in Grease series is the how to do it, preventing left ventricle outflow obstruction when you're doing a valve in valve uh, procedure on the mitral. Uh, and this is a brilliant vi video by Thomas Modine. The next one's transeptal mitral annuloplasty. Uh, makes a lot of sense, doesn't it, doing annuloplasties in the mitral position? Because we do them in all the surgical procedures, so, so that makes a lot of sense. Uh, and then the next video, Greedal is an absolute expert in the tendine transapical mitral valve and Thomas Modine does a lovely uh, video on that and I don't really think there's a big future on the tendine valve it makes a lot of sense uh, transapical access a lot of people have got a lot of experience with it and the great thing is you can uh, put a little button at the apex to stop it displacing so it's held really nicely uh, in uh, an annulus even if it doesn't have any calcification uh, and then the final uh, video, uh, the way I'm going to profile uh, is uh, my favourite out of the whole series actually. Um, this video is by Maurizio Terramasso and Eduardo uh, Zancanaro. Uh, they're from the San Rafael Hospital in Italy and the title of their fabulous video that you have to check out right now uh, is The Current Status of Tricuspid Valve Interventions. This is a brilliant presentation um, about what they call the forgotten valve. Uh, and I hope it isn't forgotten too much these days, but you know, when I was training, you know, a lot of times we'd fix the mitral and we'd say, oh, let's just leave that tricuspid. It's only moderate, it's only a bit dilated, but uh, this video tells us all about how that's a massive mistake. They go through uh, tricuspid valve surgical interventions. Uh, they talk about when to intervene surgically, um, when to do concomitant tricuspid as well as mitral, when to do isolated uh, valve surgery. And then for me, uh, they do a really nice job in describing the five different progression stages of tricuspid regurgitation. I didn't really appreciate those stages and they do a lovely picture and a video about that. And then the thing that's really stellar about this uh, presentation is that they then go through the absolute state-of-the-art with transcatheter valve intervention on the tricuspid and I personally didn't realize how much there is available out there in actual CE marked clinical use. 
So what do they highlight? Well, they highlight the triclip by Abbott. Um, this is a, an edge-to-edge -edge repair um, technique uh, that allows tricuspid uh, valve uh, repair by, by bringing the leaflets together, uh, which was really interesting. And they show some pictures and videos of that. They then show us the Edwards Life Sciences Pascal device, uh, which again is another um, edge-to-edge repair technique. Um, um, which is great, which can actually be used for the tricuspid and for the mitral, which is really nice. And they show a, a multi-center study that has been done in Pascal, uh, showing you know really good 77% reduction uh, in any tricuspid regurge, uh, which is really nice. Uh, and then they um, tell us about this very novel device called the Cardioband by Edwards. Uh, and that's an annulaplasty device rather than a edge-to-edge uh, -edge repair device and they show some pictures of that which is really interesting. They then also show us about some replacement techniques. Uh, there is a valve called Tricento uh, and there's a valve called Trick Valve uh, which uh, is uh, really easily placed. It goes through the inferior vena cava so you don't have all those problems of calcified arteries. Uh, it looks quite easy to put in and, uh, and really very interesting. So watch this space uh, and do watch that video. Uh, fabulous job, everybody, for putting that together. And uh, hopefully no longer will that tricuspid valve be the forgotten valve. I think it was forgotten because us as surgeons sometimes don't follow up patients. Uh, and it's the cardiologists that keep coming back to us to saying, God, three years later, there's severe regurge in the tricuspid. So, so do I do encourage people to follow up their patients having mitral and tricuspids, whether you leave or uh, preserve the tricuspid uh, and just have a look at your own data at five years to see uh, how that tricuspid valve is going on. So every week we like to profile uh, some upcoming events uh, in cardiothoracic surgery and there's no bigger event coming up than the AATS 103rd Annual Meeting. Uh, this is going to be held uh, in uh, Los Angeles, uh, in the Los Angeles beautiful huge convention centre. It's on May the 6th to the 9th and uh, Shaf Kashavji uh, is the president. He's going to focus this year on innovation. He's done a lovely video introducing it on the AATS website. So do, if you haven't already, uh, look to put in some leave, go visit it uh, and register now because that's going to be an amazing event. Uh, and we'll have a CTSnet present there, presence there. So do come up and say hi to us. And we're going to try and post a few interesting things when that comes along. Other things going on around the world. Uh, EACS has a really interesting case corner. Uh, and this month's case corner is in transcatheter aortic valve implantation. Now you can submit your cases to the case corners at EX. Uh, so do look out for them. Uh, so um, they do this uh, very regularly and then this, uh, this particular case corner is going to be posted as a virtual online meeting so you can watch it all around the world. It's going to be on April the 20th and it's going to be a one hour session all about complex TAVIs. Uh, it's going to look at uh, case characteristics, it's going to look at interesting cases. Uh, you can chat, you can uh, be interactive and we're going to see some really interesting case scenarios. So check that out on the EACS website, it's uh, not to miss. Uh, if you're involved uh, in TAVI. 
Um, some other really interesting things coming up. The STS is doing a workshop on robotic, robotic thoracic surgery. Uh, this is April 20th to the 21st. Uh, this is hosted by the fabulous Abbas Abbas, Jason Long, David Rice, Indipal Sarkaria and Lana Schumacher. Uh, this should be really interesting uh, and, uh, and is a not to miss. You can find out uh, where this, uh, how to log into this uh, on the SDS website. And talk about robotics, uh, don't forget the Mayo Robotic uh, Surgery course. It's going to be on the 16th of April. Go and check out the Mayo website. I'm going to be doing a little video on Uniportal uh, Robotics, uh, and uh, but it looks like a really good uh, session. There's going to be not just thoracics as well, and there's going to be a lot of uh, AI in it and a lot of interesting things. So lots happening in robotic thoracic surgery this month. So as we come to the end of this week's podcast, we've just got two more uh, little uh, things. Uh, we always find out where is Diego Gonzalez Rivas, uh, the world's most fabulous thoracic surgeon traveling the world uh, and also helping his foundation uh, to help underprivileged people access thoracic surgery. Last week, he was in Shanghai Pulmonary Hospital doing some amazing cases. Where is he this week? Well, this week he's in Bucharest uh, with Mugarel, his uh, fantastic uh, right-hand man, uh, where they created Uniportal Robotic Thoracic Surgery. He's there doing uh, Uniportal Robotics uh, in Bucharest in their fabulous centre. So uh, we'll hear lots more from him uh, and check out next week to see where he is in the world. And finally, we always end up with an honourable mention and uh, this profiles somebody absolutely fabulous in our community uh, and the great work they're doing. And I could not uh, do better than profiling and giving the honourable mention to the amazing Duke Cameron. Uh, Duke Cameron is just one of the most amazing cardiac surgeons in our specialty today. He's from the Mass General Hospital, but he's dedicated his whole life to an amazing series of operations. He does a huge amount with Marfans. He's got some fabulous videos on CTSnet on the Ross procedure, on aortic root enlargement, uh, on Bentles. Uh, he's got pod casts on valve sparing root replacements. Uh, we've done Giants interviews with him but the biggest piece of work he's done is being a, an unending stalwart of CTSnet. He's our president of CTSnet. I just wanted to say a huge thank you for Duke uh, and all his amazing work that he's been doing with CTSnet. Um, he's certainly far from retiring. Uh, he'll be doing masses more I'm sure and uh, so thank you so much to Duke Cameron. Check out his profile on CTSnet. Go and look at some of his valve videos if you want to learn anything about uh, aortic surgery he's certainly the man so thank you so much for duke and all your amazing work that you've done for our cardiothoracic community so that's it from me joel dunning and everyone at the cts beat podcast i hope you've enjoyed it um we're brand new so we want to get better we'd like to hear your feedback we'd like to get you involved please do uh post uh, some interesting content or any videos uh, that you might want us to post profile and we'll give you a shout out uh, in the next edition of the CTSnet Beat podcast.